but in the pursuit of our dreams or visions or destinies or callings in life, we have forgotten to allocate time to an endangered species that bear our DNA, that carry our name to the next generations. They are the reflection of who we are and how we are. When our children are out there in school, they reflect you, they reflect me. When your sons and your daughters are in a community or in a college, they reflect where they come from, where they have been raised from, and we have given so much time. We have, I regret that we have given so much time to everything we value, to our callings, to our jobs, to our businesses, to study. We don't have time to discern. We have very little time to discern what is going on in our son's mind or our daughter's mind. And just like a thief will break into your house in the wee hours of the night, on the darkest hour of the night when you are deep asleep, it is the damage they leave behind that makes us know that there was a thief or a robber who broke into our homes. I'm sorry to say, it is the change of attitude in your son's life. It's the change of attitude in your daughter's life. It is the change of behavior. It is the fruit of wrong choices and decisions that wakes up to, brings us to the reality that all is not well. I repeat the scripture. But if like the Bible is exalting us in verse 43 of Matthew 24, if we had known, how do you know? How do you get to a point of knowing what is going on in your son's mind or in your daughter's mind, whether they are three-year-olds or they are 10-year-olds or 15-year-olds or 21-year-olds? It doesn't matter. How do you, how does a father get time? Society does not give us time with our children. Taking supper in the, on the, round, on, uh, in the dining table, on the dining table at every night is not enough time, you know, to spend time, you know, to, time with your children or with my sons or with my daughters. So how do you then, how do you then know what is going on in the mind of your daughter? How do I know what is going on in the mind of my last born son or my first born son or my middle son or my middle born son? How do I know? Let me not spend a lot of time repeating stuff there. Let me just move on and help you understand that if you don't create the time to know, if you don't create time to, to, for your senses, your spiritual senses, or your intellectual senses to sense the change of attitude or behavior in your son, if you don't create that room, if you don't create that room, if I don't create that room, then... What will wake me up is the fire or the smoke in my son's life or in my daughter's life. You can go ahead and blame the devil because as believers, that is the easiest route that we take. 
everything that goes wrong in our children's life, everything that goes wrong in our children's life, we say the devil is a liar. And it's the truth. The devil is a liar. It's so true. The devil is a liar and I hate him whatever he is seated or standing or sleeping or walking or flying. He is a liar and he will remain a liar forever. But sometimes... Um, as much as we want to blame it on the devil and the weather, and to a, you blame it on anybody else, on school, on work, the, it goes down to one thing. We never really create time to sit down with our sons, to sit down with our daughters, and hear their cry. We don't sit down enough. We don't create time enough. The 21st century society does not accord fathers an opportunity to sit down. In fact, sitting down is considered to be a weakness. Being at home, even your neighbors will ask you, today you are not going to work? I see you didn't go to work today. Let's bring it closer. Some of your children will ask you, Dad, are you not going today? Or, Daddy, why are you at home today? And you, you tell them, I belong here. This is my home, they tell you. But we are not used to seeing you here. We are used to getting text messages from you or emails or video calls or, or, or you know, whatever. Or, or, you know, you simply, we talk over the phone. You are Daddy who talks to us on the phone. Or you are Daddy who just tells us work is good. So we are surprised that you are today. What, when your child tell, asks you that question, when your daughter or your son asks you that question, you need to think twice when they ask you, Daddy, are you not going today? Are you not moving out today? Are you, not, are you staying today? You know, and the little kid, your three-year-old stands there or your four-year-old stands there waiting for an answer. And that is a very tremendous question. Dad, are you going to be, are you home today? Because they are never used to seeing you home. Society, the 21st century demands don't give us an opportunity to create time with our children. And yet we have to work. Yet we have to do business. Yet we have to participate in building the economy of our nation, of our city, running the ministries that, and the callings that God has given to us. Where is the balance? Tell me somebody, where is the balance? Help me. I will never forget in 19... 98, while I was doing missions in the United States, I had just preached in this wonderful church. This elderly couple that are senior ministers, they asked me to go out for lunch. They asked with me after preaching a powerful message. 1998, I will never forget, as long as I live in the United States, preaching, you know, this chocolate guy from Africa, preaching a powerful message in a, in a whole white church. I was the only one who was black in that church. I remember very well. Well, they clapped and they told me, well done, well done, well done, pastor, well done. And then they asked me whether they could take me, whether I had time for them to take me for lunch, and they took me out. And we, they took me to this gorgeous restaurant and I, man, I had an appetite. I had my African appetite. I had everything that I could eat. After we were done eating, 
God bless this man of God and woman of God. He took a napkin and a pen from the table and he started telling me, Bishop Titus, how does your normal day look like? How does your normal day look like? Oh man, it's like opening up a top. I told them my day begins at 3 a.m. I wake up at 3 a.m. to pray for three hours. And after that, then I, blah, blah, blah. I told them that. How does your Monday look like? I told them the same, 3 a.m. Then I continued and continued and continued. And I thank God for being able to wake up to pray every 3 a.m. That's a, that's a plus for me. That's, that's, that's like a powerhouse for me. But the man took note and he would just write down. This senior old minister would just take notes and write down. Everything I said, I go for crusades, he writes down. I do for morning glory, 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. I go for lunch or meeting, I preach. Yeah, noon service, I preach. Oh, five o'clock revivals, I preach. And he kept on writing down. And then he asked me, he told me, he clapped to me, he clapped. He, took his, he put his hands together and clapped again like he clapped when I preached on the pulpit. And finally he asked me, he said, this is a very good way of life. They told me, but I have some few concerns. I was looking for the word rest. Three hours of rest, one day off, and it's not in your program. He also told me, sadly, I was looking to hear from you that I spent a day or a weekend with my children and it's not in your busy schedule. And that man was used by God by what he told me, because I cannot tell you the whole story because the clock is moving or running, time is running out. God used that man to wake me up. And this is what he's told me. He told me, Bishop Titus, if you continue like this, you will become a giant in the kingdom of God, but you'll be a failure at home because your sons your two sons don't care whether you are an anointed preacher. He told me your two sons don't care whether you are anointed as the anointing oil. He told me they don't care whether you are an anointed. They, they don't care whether their father is a pastor or is an anointed man or not. They want simply to sit down with their daddy and play with their toy, play games with their dad. They just want to see you seated. He asked me, Bishop Titus, when do you sit down with your children with this busy schedule? To cut a long story short, because I don't want to go to the privacy, the living example that they gave me, their real example, when they were missionaries in Africa, and what happened. I won't go into that. I will remember these words. He told me, Bishop Titus, if you do not create room for your children in your busy ministry schedule, there's a possibility that you will be canceling somebody's son or daughter in your office while your sons are being canceled in another office. Because of a father that they never had. That went through my heart like a javelin. My wife is seated as I preach this message. She knows what I did when I came back. 
I was waiting to come back home and correct the mistake. I thought by giving my children the best playstations and toys and buying them computers to play around and keep them busy and clothes and designer clothes and stuff like that from my travels around was my replacement. It will make them happy. That man of God in his 70s told me, you are not a bishop to your sons. You are not a pastor to your sons. You are their dad, and you better start behaving like one. Man, that was deep. I will repeat, I will bring that counsel and bring it to somebody watching me today. And ask you this. What will it profit you if you become the best president on earth? The best prime minister on earth? The richest man in your city or in your country? But you fail as a father to your own children. What will you gain? What reputation? What, pre, what, what glory will you get? What crown will be on your head? Fathers who celebrate Father's Day. Do you really have time for those precious souls? Does your business schedule allow you to sit down with them? To sense their need? To answer their questions which sometimes are stupid, especially if they are two year to four year old. They ask every question in the world including when will that tree, why is that tree taller than the other? They ask all the questions. Are you really there? That man saved my life and saved my children because I came to correct what I had to correct. Thank God my children were still under 10. And from that day I came from United States in 1998 with the reality that I may succeed as a minister and fail as a father. And it's not just failing like a father. I came back from United States in 1998 with this reality check in my head that if I succeed as a minister, if I succeed building a great ministry at the expense of my family, at the expense of my children, if my children will not serve the God that I serve or they hate the God that I serve and yet I have made everybody serve this God, then I would have failed as a man and as a father. I'll be a celebrity out there and a failure at home. I adjusted my schedules. And my wife is seated again in this as I preach this message. She's a witness. I made it a priority. Up to tomorrow. 